0: Welcome to episode number 29 of News of the Nerd, a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. And today we'll be talking about episode 3 of Loki. I am Ben and I am here with my brother slash
1: co-host, Jadie <laughs> So He's one of my variants, <laughs> but less handsome variant. <laughs> Hello, how are we today? Oh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Looking forward to digging into this episode of Loki. I've um, got some news to cover first, though. You said you'd got a few bits, so do you want yeah, to go first? Yeah, this is
0: my episode, so I'm going first. Anyway, so the first one I've got is the Deadpool 3 director, Sean Levy.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it might be Sean Levy pronounced. Levy, Levin, sure, Levi, yeah, Levy, Levi, L-E-V-Y.
0: Yeah, he you says... Shawnee Boy, uh, says that some of the casting rumours are true.
1: Yeah, no, I have seen that. So I think he said, you know, some, some aren't true and some are true. And I'm just not going to come in. I think... Look, the I've, one that,
0: I've got the quote. So I've actually got a quote from him.
1: Was he specifically talking about Taylor Swift there? Because I've seen one where no. he addresses the... So rumours are Taylor Swift is going to appear as Dazzler. And I've seen him talking about those rumours, basically saying, yeah, I'm not going to confirm or deny that, which to me feels like a confirmation. So I do have a
0: bit on that as well. Okay. So the quote from him is, I love the proliferation. So big word for me. I love the proliferation. I can't say it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you only get one.
0: <laughs> I love the proliferation of casting rumours on the internet because I never have to say what's real and what's fantasy, so I'm just going to go with the very cliche no comment on all things casting with Deadpool 3. I will say we're lucky on this one. There's certainly... Is this an answer? A lot of the internet rumours are completely false, but some of them aren't. Yeah. So he's obviously not going to reveal what rumours are true, but someone has made an educated guess based on the earlier casting rumours. And they've got their two pence on which ones they think might be true. So they said might include Halle Berry as Storm. I wouldn't be
1: surprised Yeah.
0: Fam K. Jensen. I think I'm saying that right, Fam K. I don't know. Um, As Jean Grey. Ben Affleck as Daredevil, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, Ian McKellen as Magneto, and James Marsden as Cyclops. Then, of course, there's Taylor Swift, who will show up as someone that's not Dazzler.
1: It would make so much sense for her to be Dazzler. She is Dazzler. Taylor Swift can do no wrong. So Dazzler in the comics is, like, she she is a musician, she is a, a singer in the comics, and Dazzler's like her stage name. And her powers are uh, like manipulation of sound waves, and she she can turn sound waves into energy beams. It, it would be mad if she appeared as Dazzler, but like she was also tailored like she was herself with Dazzler's powers.
0: Deadpool just like falls so, somehow onto the stage of her ongoing tour. Yeah. Some of the other rumoured casting that did pop
1: up. I would love to see Ben Affleck back as Daredevil, but I I don't think that's going to happen. Also, like the, if all these rumours were true, the budget for this film would have to be ridiculously huge.
0: It's not meagre, though, is it,
1: the budget? Deadpool, you know, the first two Deadpool films have been lower budget films, especially the first one. I feel like Fox basically gave them some money to shut them up. And we're like, fine, go and make it. We'll give you this this small amount of money. I mean, to us it wouldn't be a small amount of money, it'll be like hundred million or something. But for making a film, we'll give you this small amount of money and you do what you want. And then they had a massive hit. So we were like, oh, maybe we should make some more. Uh, Deadpool 2 had a higher budget, but I don't think it was you know, it still wasn't in usual MCU budget ranges. About five ways
0: to find the budget.
1: Okay, so from a quick Google, the budget for Deadpool was fifty-eight million. The budget for Deadpool Two was one hundred and ten million,
0: and combined they made one point five billion at the box office. I know that. I mean, I think them them combined making one point five billion at the box office warrants a bit of a higher budget. So if we said so from the first film to the second film, they've essentially doubled it near enough.
1: Do, do you think the first film would have been as good if it had a higher budget? Because quite often, lower budget forces you to uh, improvise. So you know the scene at the end of Deadpool 1 where he turns up for his big shootout and he's left his guns in the back of Pinder's taxi?
0: That's because they didn't have enough budget.
1: But yeah, so in the original script, it was a it was a big gunfight, and then they, they cut that bit for budget. So if they had a higher budget, I don't know, they they would they don't have to get as creative with with, with what we do, and we don't have to be as story focused. They don't have to
0: use the budget.
1: They would, though.
0: but they can use we the budget would. to pay all of these rumors. You know, it's like a... Brian Cox as William Stryker. Owen Wilson as Morbius. Oh,
1: fuck, Mobius,
0: <laughs> Owen Wilson as Mobius, Louis Tan as Shatterstar. Channing Tatum as Gambit. Taryn Edgerton as a different Wolverine. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Tara Strong as Miss Minutes. Tom Hilton as Loki.
1: Daphne Keene. Where are you reading Miss List? Is this IMDb? No, this is the
0: report that's given me the quote from him. These are the what? These are the rumors that. An interesting
1: thing is, I say it's interesting. It might not be that interesting. So you mentioned Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Uh, like this is just how hungry people are for rumors about this film. Um, a guy posted on Reddit. I got like a, a new account. No one had any reason to believe him, but a guy posted on Reddit saying he had insider information and that uh, Elizabeth Olsen was going to be in this film and they were going to visit Earth. Is it 838 that they go to in Doctor Strange 2? And it's going to deal with the aftermath of Wanda massacring their uh, Illuminati and how that's affected that world. And that rumor is spread like wildfire, and now everyone thinks that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in Deadpool 3. And then the guy has recently, in the last week or so, posted back on Reddit, like, I didn't expect anyone to actually believe me. I was making it up. I thought it was just going to be like a joke, like people had just come on and call me a liar and would all have a laugh about it. But no, people believed him. And even though he's now owned up to making it up, the rumours of Elizabeth Olsen being in this film haven't stopped.
0: I feel like my favourite rumour is Daniel Radcliffe as
1: Wolverine. Yeah. (laughs) Because I just can't see it. Really? I I can really see that. I think he he fits the mould of Wolverine quite well. He'd probably have to bulk up a bit. But also, like, Wolverine doesn't have to be ripped. He's like a short, stocky guy. <laughs>
0: do you know what I'd love, though? If if he was in it and Deadpool made a joke about Harry Potter. Um, yeah, it's it's. Bitch, <laughs> what are you going to do? You don't have your wand.
1: I would quite like to see Daniel Radcliffe show up in it and then be the Wolverine going forward. Like the MCU's version of Wolverine. But I'm not sure he would want to commit himself to another franchise like that. He's had too much fun making, like, quirky offbeat films. Let's face it, like, he doesn't need to make films for the money. He'll have enough royalties coming in from Harry Potter, enough residuals.
0: They might have have screwed him in contract. (laughs) It it were only, like, nine, eleven,
1: whatever. So I will move on. To a Halloween bit of news. are Halloween? It's a spooky season. Uh Ah. So, cast your mind back, 12 months. Oh, God. We were talking about Marvel's first special presentation, Werewolf by Night, in black and white. We we were both quite positive about it as well. (laughs) we, We both enjoyed it. And we both hoped that Marvel might make this a yearly tradition. Have you seen that they have announced this year's special presentation? No? You're shaking your head. It's not great for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd just carry on like I had. This year's special presentation is Werewolf by Night in colour. Wait. Yep, yeah. they're re-releasing the black and white Werewolf by Night, but this time in colour.
0: At the end, and all the colour come back.
1: Yeah, in the at the end, it all fades back in. I wonder so if the is he... it. <laughs> it? It
0: It's black. Or... I don't like that. But like, who? That's who lazy. Wants...
1: <laughs> it's not just lazy. It feels like it's completely missing the put like the the black and white aspect of the film just gave it another layer of. Of, it would of, probably shit if it's in color. It was like a, a, an aura of intrigue, and yeah, it, it gave it a different feel. I have no interest in watching it in color, really. I,
0: you've mentioned it, so we have to.
1: <laughs> you have yeah.
0: doomed us. We,
1: we have to do an episode on Werewolf by Night in color. Absolutely not. I'm going to put out last year's episode, but I'm going to every time we say Werewolf by Night, I'm just going to dub in me in, in color. <laughs> I don't I don't really have any interest in watching this, but I feel like I might do just because I'm a bit of a Marvel completionist like that. So I might watch it. You'll but have not, to get
0: that platinum trophy.
1: Yeah. I'm not gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna complain about it the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> Even if I'm watching it on my own. <laughs> but I wonder how many people didn't watch it because it was in black and white. Then re-releasing it in colour makes me think. That 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 less people watched it than they would have expected, so I don't know, Meg. I, I I don't I don't have much to say about this other than I feel like it's stupid. Um, but you know, if you were one of the people who didn't watch Werewolf by Night because it was in black and white, you can now go and watch it in color. I mean, or just grow the fuck up and watch it in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do. But you can watch it in color if you want. We we will judge you for it, but you can't.
0: So the other bit of news I've got is from Fallout.
1: Oh, the Fallout TV
0: show's got a release date. It has. April 12th, 2024. So not that far away in no. the grand scheme of things. They post it with a ominous video in the classic video game graphic.
1: I'm surprised anyone's releasing... Uh... Announcing release dates at the minute, while the SAG-AFTRA strike is still ongoing.
0: They don't care about that.
1: Well, they can't make it until the actors. Hollywood, Hollywood are don't again. care.
0: <laughs> Hollywood are just there like they'll come crawling back in time, and then we'll make back them. In work time,
1: fourteen-hour oh, for- days. I forgot actors can time travel. A well-known fact. That was a terrible joke. You said they'll come crawling back in time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like in time to make the <laughs> release dates.
1: You that's how maybe they, be, they made back to the future. Shrivel. Like they just we just got Michael J. Fox to use his acting powers to time travel. I'm gonna cut this bit out. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> okay, so Fallout Fallout release date. Anything else to add to that? Or just that it's happening? Just that it's happening. I'm still waiting for the God of War TV show release date. I'm much more excited about that prospect than Fallout. Triple H. Totally Triple H. <laughs> and what I do like is the uh, the aesthetic. I really like the aesthetic of Fallout. It's like that retro futuristic, like 60s kind of vibe in it. Everything's like yeah. big, bulky monitors and stuff, kind of like the TVA. It's that same sort of visual yeah. style. So I've got two more bits of news. Uh, I've got a Marvel bit of news and I've got a Doctor Who bit of news. Which one do you want first?
0: Go well, on, change it up. Bit of Doctor Who.
1: Bit of Doctor Who. So I meant to mention this last week. So for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, there's, you know, there's quite a bit going off. Obviously, there's three special episodes featuring David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Uh, there's a concert that I think took place like last week. Where they revealed the new theme tune, and that's gonna go on, that's gonna be on BBC Four, I think, maybe the, around the beginning of November. So that'll be yes. watchable on iPlayer. Uh, David Tennant is doing a documentary on BBC Four about like the history of Doctor Who. But the, I think the most exciting thing that they are doing for the anniversary is every episode of Doctor Who. Apart from uh, a, a select few, which I'll clarify in a minute, uh, but just about every episode of Doctor Who is going on BBC iPlayer to watch for free. I say for free, as long as you pay a license fee, you can watch every episode of Doctor Who on BBC iPlayer. That's great, isn't it? Like 60 years of Doctor Who is going up. Yeah. Like it but is. It's,
0: most people won't have seen the start of Do- Doctor Who.
1: I haven't seen most of Doctor Who. Like, I've seen every episode from 2005 to now. And I've seen the first few William Hartnell stories. Because every now and again, I decide I'm going to watch it from the beginning. And then I, I've never managed and to. And then keep you just throw
0: up. up at how cringy it is because of the lack of technology.
1: No, it's great. Like, the early William Hartnell episodes are great. I've just never ended up keeping it up for various reasons. So there are there are episodes missing because they are actually missing. That there are lost episodes um, because back in the day, no one thought anyone would want to watch an episode of TV twice. Like that was ridiculous. So
0: why would you save it?
1: Yeah, after it had been aired, they'd just tape over it because tape was expensive, so they'd reuse it. So lots of old Doctor Who is lost because of that.
0: There's episodes for only certain people have seen.
1: Yeah. And every now and again... Which like, is kind of cool. Every now and again, a copy of one pops up, like someone will find one in an attic. And it's worth millions. Well, I think generally they just give it to the
0: BBC. Ah, oh, At least, like, extort the BBC.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the first William Hartnell story, there's a rights issue over... So that one's not going to be on iPlayer either, but everything else is going to be, and I can't wait to to get dug into some of that. I'll probably look up like a list online of like essential episodes to watch and just go through and uh, well, because I don't know how long they're going to be on iPlayer for. So while we're up there, I want to just you know watch the best of yeah, the best the story. I just want to watch like the best episodes. I think that's, that's really exciting. And, of course, very excited for David Tennant's three special episodes. We will be talking about those in a future podcast.
0: I I did watch a um, deleted scene from David Tennant's first episode, the Christmas special one.
1: Christmas Evasion.
0: With, with the sicker axe. Yes. Yeah. It's a deleted scene about... Because, um, obviously, Christopher Eccleston always said... Excellent as his, like, catchphrase. Yeah. And I have saw the deleted scene of David Tennant saying excellent and then being, like, really weird with his face, like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. And then trying loads of different phrases.
1: Yeah, how weird that he ended up settling on Alonzi. <laughs> that, that episode is a very strange, like, first episode for him because he's unconscious for most of it. <laughs> It's, it's much...
0: fantastic, though.
1: It's much more of a Rose and what's her mum called? Jackie. It's like a Rose and Jackie episode, a lot of it.
0: All he needed was a cup of tea. I just, it's a great episode, though, once he does wake up. Like, even with the
1: orange. Yeah, no, it, it is a good episode. Like I say, it just feels strange for an introduction. Who do you think had
0: the best first episode?
1: And there is a correct answer. Best first episode... Um, probably Matt Smith. It's got to be. Fish fan- fingers and custard.
0: Fa- it's fantastic. Mainly for that last bit at the end, where the eye is like scanning the earth, looking at things, and then it's like, is it protected? And it just shows you all different faces of the Doctor, and then he walks through, like adjusting the bow tie.
1: Yeah, but that episode really wastes Olivia Coleman. Like, we could have done so much more with her. You Know what I think of Olivia Coleman's uh, acting abilities, and I yeah, was thinking she, she of um, was wasted on a single episode. What's the name? Thingy Coleman that's becomes his um, oh, Jenna Coleman.
0: Yeah, I was like, she's not
1: in that, no, she's not. And
0: then I realized what you meant,
1: but I think so. That is the first episode for Matt Smith, uh, because that early on in the the incarnation of the doctor the actor themselves probably not quite got a handle on how they're gonna play it but i feel like matt smith in that it's the most uh consistent doctor like he's pretty much the same in his first episode to his last episode i don't think david tennant is in that first episode he's i don't know seems angrier and darker and yeah, he's as, still, as it, as
0: it he's goes still, on, still got like the effects of the previous Doctor on him.
1: Yeah, as it goes on, he gets a bit more lighthearted and silly, but and uh,
0: romantic. And
1: I really like as well. I really like Christopher Eccleston's first Doctor,
0: first episode.
1: Uh, yeah, Christopher Eccleston's first episode, not first Doctor, ninth Doctor,
0: <laughs> with the mannequins.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Sistine. The Nestine Consciousness. Yeah. Not Sistine, that's a chapel.
0: (laughs) Just a plastic chapel. It's just a chapel made out of Lego that decided it was like, fuck you all, I'm going to blow you up.
1: Anyway, as as usual, we've like completely got sidetracked here. I don't know what you're on about. So uh, my last bit of news is a Marvel Studios bit of news. So last week i was speaking about the new book that's come out that's called mcu the reign of marvel studios and i Can said we I was just gonna say buy
0: it. that book is thick
1: yeah I, I thought i was gonna buy this book for like a nice light read and it is hefty when it came like, i'm enjoying it i'm reading it it's great but it's, it's lot,
0: thick with two c's a k and a q in there somewhere. it's a lot
1: bigger and more detailed than i ever expected like in my first few chapters there's there's things in there that i didn't know as a, an mcu fan since uh since iron man came out there are things in there that i didn't know uh so it is it is a really interesting read and i'm i'm enjoying it but early on in that book uh they talk about how um disney at one point started telling people not to speak to them because disney were writing their own history of the mcu which is obviously a lot less critical and a lot more positive. Uh, but they didn't want people to help this unofficial history of the MCU. Anyway, so this new book from, uh, from Disney has come out. It's called uh, Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline. Quite a mouthful. It's like that
0: movie, isn't it? The woman in the window across the road and the house and in a bucket and
1: all that. Yeah, but that that was meant to be like a spoof of those kinds of titles, like the woman on the train, the woman in the window, but woman... like it was spoofing. But I don't, I think it went over some people's heads, probably us. probably. Um, Definitely. Uh, but so the book is now out. Kevin Feige has written a foreword for it, and he addresses Just four words. <laughs> but um. <Ba-dum-tsh. laughs> Thank you,
0: thank you. I'm here all week. Actually, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in in this foreword, he addresses the canonicity of some of the... Modern, is that real word? I don't know, it is now. Of So, when it's in the dictionary, they can cite me as a source of, well, this is where it's being used in the real world. So, the, the canonicity of certain Marvel projects, specifically the ones not made directly by uh, Marvel Studios, uh, which is things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, The Runaways, Inhumans, things like that. So I will read the quote verbatim. You like that word, verbatim? What's
0: with big words? You're I not fucking one. dictionary. You use the
1: other one, dickhead. <laughs> On the multiverse note, we recognise that there are stories, movies and series that are canonical to Marvel but were created by different storytellers during different periods of Marvel's history. The timeline presented in this book is specific to MCU's Sacred Timeline through Phase 4. So that sounds a lot like the stories that he's talking about are connected to Marvel but are not on the Sacred Timeline. He continues, as we move forward and dive deeper into the multiverse saga, you never know when timelines might just crash or converge. Hint, hint, spoiler alert. So there okay. you go. So um, it's pretty much con- confirming we're going to get some multiversal crossovers with different Marvel properties there.
0: I'd fucking hope so in multiverse saga.
1: Yeah, me too. I I really want to see uh Agents of Shield come into it. I'm a defender of Agents of Shield. That show at its peak was great. It started off really rocky. That the first series wasn't as good. But the further they got away from the MCU and the more it became its own thing, the better it got. But I, I think, you know, it it started off poorly. It was being hindered by MCU continuity. So there were certain things that they couldn't do. Because the films wanted to do them, yeah, yeah. Just the the in the end, they go to space and they go to the future, and like they get so far away from uh, the MCU timeline that it really doesn't affect them anymore, and they can do what they want. And it got a lot better then.
0: I never really got through it. I think, as you say, in the first season is not great. Yeah.
1: But well, that's the thing. Is like it came. This show came out. Like we're finally doing a TV show about Shield. And then, like halfway through that first season, Captain America: The Winter Soldier comes out, in which Shield is dissolved. And so, from like halfway through the first season, they had to deal with, that. like the fact that Shield was no longer a real organization, and they were like operating underground. So it just it held them back so much. Yeah, trying to trying desperately to stay canon to the MCU, but it sounds like now. It, it isn't.
0: That is a problem with the whole rights thing. Do you know people at, like Disney have now got the rights to Incredible Hulk? Yeah. Whereas they didn't
1: before. And
0: Sony still have the rights
1: to Spider Man. Yeah. Sony still have the movie rights to Spider Man. They're not going to give that up anytime soon.
0: And it's just, but it, I feel like it ruins things a little bit.
1: I mean, for us, but it's just good business for them, isn't it? To yeah, keep hold of no, it. it is good business for them. If you were Sony, you would not be giving up those rights.
0: No, absolutely not. But I'm just saying, for us who matter. <laughs> like, you, you, you're you ruining our lives, Sony. Just give it away. Stop making shit films.
1: Stop making billions of dollars.
0: <laughs> Stop making billions of dollars on shit films.
1: No one else does that. I mean, when was the last really? When was the last really bad Spider-Man film that Sony put out? Like Venom Two. Oh well, I wasn't counting side characters. <laughs> I mean, in which case we could say Morbius. Venom Two is better than Venom One. This is a hill I will die on. Um, but the last bad Spider-Man film was like Amazing Spider-Man Two,
0: which was the last Spider-Man film they did solely.
1: No. Across the Spider Verse was fucking fantastic. Right, I'm not come
0: on, come on, let's let's. It's animated. It's not canon. Everything's canon in the multiverse saga. No, Is this just a, a strand that's all animated?
1: Oh shit! Imagine if we get animated Miles in Secret no, Wars. No, can you imagine if
0: if the if a portal opens or something, and it's just animated like Spider Gwen and Miles, and as they step
1: through, they become
0: live action.
1: No, no, because... That'd be cool. Yeah, but but there's there's live-action Prowler in the animated world, so that doesn't... In the logic that has been established in those films, you keep the visual identity of the world you've come from. It'd still be cool, though. I mean, it would be kind of cool. Anyway. Shall we talk about Loki?
0: Shall we talk about what we're here for? So, Loki, episode three of season two, titled 1893. Yep. What are your first
1: thoughts? I need to get something out of the way. You need to get some out of your chest. I yeah, I I don't want to bore on about it all the way through. Which you will. So I'm no so I'm just gonna I'm gonna get it out of the way right up the top. I am uncomfortable with how much Jonathan Majors was in this episode. <laughs> like it wasn't just a small amount. We spoke last week. We we knew <laughs> that he was coming. But I didn't expect it to be quite so heavily Kang slash He Who Remains slash Victor Timely focused. We'll Let's be honest, they probably, they'd probably
0: they'd probably already
1: well, yeah. Filmed and that's it. that's the thing, isn't it? They'd already filmed it, and I knew it would have cost too much to refilm, and it was always going to get released. But I'm just saying, makes me uncomfortable that a man who is awaiting trial for assault was so prominently featured in this episode. And I'm not going to mention it again now for the rest of the podcast. Please. This episode of the Thank podcast. You. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> but apart from you being uncomfortable...
1: Apart from you being uncomfortable, I improvise. thought, on the whole, it's a decent episode. I still have a lot of the issues that I had last week, namely that Loki is way too heroic. um, And... So I, I watched this with my wife yesterday and I always find she's a good barometer of I whether these things are actually good or not because she's seen all the Marvel stuff with me. She knows the story. She knows what's going on. She's not an outsider to this, but she's not as invested in it as we are. So if she says it's good, it's probably good. If she says it's not so good, like she's a, a, a trustworthy third party that's not going to get caught up in the hype like we are prone to do. And we the main thing, that. her main takeaway from this episode, she says they've made Loki boring because he is too heroic now and he's not villainous anymore. And this is basically what we were saying last week. And it's worth pointing out that she doesn't fucking listen to us. She doesn't listen to this podcast. She doesn't thought... listen
0: to you anyway when you're not even on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was interesting that she had that uh, that thought as well. And. Yeah, he is... I enjoyed seeing flashes of his villainous side last week. And I didn't feel like it went quite far enough. But I thought, oh, maybe they're starting to dig into that. And then this week, it's pretty much gone again. And he's pretty much just heroic again. Like, the most evil thing that he does is teleport someone outside. And it just feels like...
0: I mean, it does... Teleport someone somewhere else in that alley, blast them, and one of them just turn into dust. God knows where they went.
1: I don't it just, I don't know. And they even like draw your attention to it in this episode. Like they're looking at the Norse statues, and Mobius says, "Like I forget sometimes that you're one of those guys." I'm like, yeah, the fucking trickster one. Did did you did you know the Easter egg in that bit? What was that about Boulder? Because has
0: never been in the MCU. He's never been but in the No, He's a no.
1: massive part of the Thor comics. He well, he's in the Thor comics. He's 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 a big part of them. He's a he's a big name in, in Norse mythology. And I believe was killed he's by got, Loki. he's got a very important gate. Very good. Thank you. Glad you liked it. In Norse mythology, he was killed by Loki. Or well, by Hotha. But Loki convinced him to do it. I'm sure that that's, you know, the version of the story I've heard, but there'll be lots of different versions, I'm sure. I disagree with your whole opinion. You disagree with my whole opinion? Yeah. Stick your opinion in your hole. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me why.
0: I like
1: Hero Loki. I just think he's less interesting. There's less, I don't know, it feels like there's less nuance to his character now. Because Loki always felt like quite a complex character in the movies, even up to yeah, the he,
0: he does. He does have less complexity, which it is a bad thing. So maybe not your whole opinion, maybe like ninety eight percent of it. <laughs> but I like Hero Loki, and I I liked that normally his first thought about the guy that would just be a dick in the bar, his first thought would to be obliterating, but instead he puts him outside of the cage. And yeah, it's
1: just like generally speaking, I like the show. And I think if it wasn't called Loki and if this was a new character, I would have no major issue with the way he acts. But I cannot, I I can't connect it in my head. Like it's a completely different character. He doesn't seem like the Loki that we know from the films. He especially doesn't seem like the Loki that we know from the Battle of New York, which as I said last week, is where he just was. He was... No, he wasn't. He like, was. That, was, that
0: was like three years ago in it actual was not. time. It was not. So it's a week in TVA time. It's like three years in actual time. Well, I mean, there is no actual time when you're on the TVA. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I kind of feel like there's something coming Loki. Like maybe he's... It is difficult because, obviously, he sounds, especially in the end when he's trying to convince Sylvie not to not to murder the
1: sexual assaultist. Um, it, it wasn't sexual, it was just assault. Okay, that makes it better. It's, it's, it's not better, it's less bad. <laughs> it's like a few years less bad.
0: Well, he sounds genuinely scared that she's going to do it. And he, he's kind of put about by it, if you know what I mean. Like, he's desperate for her not to do it. And that comes across as quite a genuine feeling. But I still think maybe there's... Because we don't know that whole elevator thing.
1: I stand by my prediction from last week. It's it, There's a Loki stood behind Loki. But to me, at the minute, Sylvie feels the most Loki-like. And obviously, she is a Loki. But she is the Loki that I want to say. I would rather spend... The episode. But she didn't kill anyone. I would rather spend, well, no, but like it's just the anger and the the contempt and the the, you know, she's gonna she's gonna do what she fucking wants and don't get in her way. Yeah, yeah. I would rather have spent the episode watching Sylvie than Loki because I think she is the more interesting Loki at the minute. So uh, quite a heavy Miss Minutes episode. Yeah, Miss Minutes um, apparently
0: is a complete and utter sociopath.
1: Oh, she's a nut job, isn't it? Maybe she? psychopath, bordering the line. But my wife said, Oh, she's she's got a bit of a crush on him. Like she's not got a crush on him, she's a full-on fucking body boiler. She's got like Stockholm syndrome. It's it's weird, isn't it? Especially when, when he created her. So I was thinking at first, like, if he created her, did he program her to have a thing for him? Because no, that's she's self-learning. But then yeah, she, she explained that later on.
0: But I do wonder, Kang in that house alone, at the end of time, all he's got is Miss Minutes. Why didn't he just give her a body? Because he had he could have had a great time.
1: That's gross. Um <laughs> but probably because I, I feel like he knew that Miss Minutes with a body is dangerous.
0: Yeah, that's some like iRobot shit. Yeah. That's what it did remind me of when she like put her face on the mannequin. I was a bit like, yeah, no. Yeah. Let's not.
1: I would be surprised if she doesn't get a body. I you
0: think that's kind of what it was hinted at?
1: Yeah, it felt like it was, you know, it was setting that up. What if she,
0: like, inhabits dead Kang's body? I, I don't think she can do that. I feel
1: like she probably
0: can learn.
1: I mean, we'll see. But I, I could see her becoming the main villain of this series. Like, a bigger villain than Kang.
0: Yeah, we lied to Miss Finnick. She's actually crazy. Like, we yeah. thought she was just this nice, southern an AI clock. Jesus Christ, this woman's crazy. Like, turned to a giant ghost clock to scare
1: everyone. That was brilliant. <laughs> I liked that. And I liked her, like... Um, I liked the fake... Ah. I, liked, I liked the, like, classic cartoon, like, Mickey Mouse look.
0: Where she was, like, you stand out, like, so. forward, and she's like, is this better? Like, no, no, it's not.
1: Looked like some of the... It's like Steamboat Willie kind of animation. A negative about this episode? Nowhere near enough, OB. No. It was a bit, but not enough. Um, and he is, uh, you know, he started off as a, as a really fun character. He is he's starting to turn into just an exposition machine. I mean, he's he's kind of stressing out a little bit, so I forgive him for it. But it is just, you know, we need someone to explain what's happening. And um, we, we'll just give Auroboros a load of nonsense words to say. And sound stressed about it
0: well they did confirm my whole theory about if if that explodes like the whole timelines just get destroyed is that is that what they said yeah and like Loki said if it goes there will be nowhere for sylvie to return
1: yeah but is that that's because if it blows up it's going to destroy the tva and if the tva doesn't exist then the kangs are there's going to be a multiversal war that's... No, the way I the way I got it was from the whole just destroying of the strands of well,
0: again, it's the never, branches.
1: It's never stated. It's leaving it. It's leaving too much open to interpretation.
0: Well, if you if if it made you uncomfortable about how much fixer timeline was in this, you're going to get very uncomfortable in the next couple of episodes. I reckon. Oh, definitely. I reckon it's going to be very the start of the multiversal war.
1: I don't think so. There's going to be more Victor Timely. I don't think there's going to be lots of Kang variants in this. I don't think it's going to be like Kang of the Week. I think that's kind of what it's building up to. I don't think Kang of the Week. I think there'll be two or three at least. Mm, it's interesting you should say that. Uh, ah.
0: I am interested. Thank mm. you. We'll
1: <laughs> come back to it. No. Oh. Because, no, because I have a theory, and I'll come back to it. Okay. Another Easter egg for you. Yeah, Victor's Victor's lab is in
0: Wisconsin. Okay, that's because his comic book equivalent can be found in Wisconsin. That the comic book version decided to travel back in time to timely Wisconsin in 1901 and settle there.
1: Okay, I guess that's less of an Easter egg. That's more just like where he lives. In the comics yeah, but it's, is the it's, same it's, place he lives in the TV It's show. like
0: an Easter egg to the comics, I, which I feel like it all is.
1: I'm not sure that's an e—that's not what an Easter egg is, though. That's just being accurate to the comic. That's like, you know, in Spider-Man, it's an Easter egg that he gets bit by a spider because in the comics, he gets bitten by a spider as well. How oh, about a shovel Easter egg? So I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, that's not what an Easter egg is. Well, that's what the website says. Well, the website's clickbait, and you've fallen for it. You took the bait. No, it's
0: no, it it just a section of the website, <laughs> these are the Easter eggs.
1: You're on IMDb again. Nope. There's a section of IMDb that I think is just like it's trivia, but anyone could submit trivia. And there's also, what's the other one? I think it's called like goofs, which is like mistakes. I was reading the IMDb section, I like this is completely off topic. I was reading the IMDB like goofs section for Troy. And basically anytime it didn't accurately line up with the Iliad, someone had submitted it as a goof. So they were like, in in the Iliad, the Trojan War lasts for decades, but in this film it seems to be over in a matter of weeks. Like that is not a goof. <laughs> that's just that's just not being accurate to the source material. And same here, that is not an easter egg. It is just accuracy to, to the source material.
0: So we just appreciate the fact that we're halfway through this season.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's what, six episodes, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel not that enough. enough. Especially when episode one was kind of filler. Like It was a great episode. probably My favourite episode of the season so far. But it was nothing to do with the main story, really. It was just getting Loki and Mobius back on the same timeline. And stopping him from time slipping.
0: Which kinda of the trailers were all about. That's what they kind of made it seem who's yeah. gonna be time slipping the whole way. I reckon or my I hope the next three episodes are gonna drastically pick up the pace.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll see. I what what do you think to Kang? I feel like most of the times we've seen the Kang. So this is the third Kang we've seen. I mean not Count in the Council of Kang's uh, post credit scene. Yeah. But so far, only one of them has seemed like a real threat, and that was the one in Ant-Man. And then he's defeated by Ant-Man, so I guess not that big of a threat. Hey, Ant-Man's part He doesn't feel like a Thanos-level threat yet. And I, I know that they're trying to build him up to that. They keep telling you that he is. I'm bit like Loki seems terrified of him, and he's saying, "No, this guy's this guy's a real uh, evil bastard. He's going to be a problem. He's going to like." But I mean, one of him on his own, probably not. But a whole
0: council fighting each other as well as with everyone else, probably because that's quite, what they're my scared of. Is, the, lo-
1: they're Loki, scared of the war. Loki, I hasn't really seen him do anything threatening he's seen him sit in a chair and monologue and tell him that all the other kangs are coming and they're going to be a problem and the monologue was just that convincing but he hasn't seen it with his own eyes like he doesn't know like he's seen what we've seen and to me he doesn't seem like a threat especially this version this version seems just kind of goofy just because he's got a stutter Oh, no, because he's basically a charlatan, <laughs> he sells snake oil, yeah, yeah, Or, well, you know he does say that in he knew that his ideas could work if he had the right technology for it, he just didn't have that um but I mean that does kind of mean that it well, silly says as much in this episode, but I mean, so that does mean that if she was if he was left alone, he wouldn't have been a threat because he wouldn't have had the technology to do anything with his ideas. Now they're gonna take him to the TBA. He wouldn't have
0: even had the ideas.
1: Yeah. Now they're gonna take him to the TBA and give him the ability to work on his ideas. So
0: maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's where it all where it all comes down to. They're trying to protect things and in doing so.
1: It's that it's that whole thing about
0: like holding onto the rope too tight to save yourself.
1: Yeah, I did wonder if this version of Kang, Victor Timely, is going to end up being not a variant, but actually the past version of he who remains.
0: Well, maybe that's why that was the plan.
1: So... Maybe that's
0: why he set up the plan to pull
1: him back. What we were talking about last week with uh, the idea of time loops.
0: Yeah, because we are talking about the time loop, but it'd be a scary situation, like, it essentially makes him immortal.
1: Well, it's it just his plan. It would just mean that he's stuck in a loop. So well, like, you can never af- get rid of him if he's stuck in a loop. After he dies, he sets into motion his own creation. Uh But yeah, I don't know if that's what we're going for. But I thought it could be interesting if that if this is the same version of Kang as we saw at the end of last season. How gnarly is Kang's rotten body, though? Oh yeah, but how long has that been there? Who knows? He doesn't sing him like the same version, but Miss Minutes. I'm sure, said that they were together for like eons before he even created the TVA. Yeah. And uh, Renslayer also said that she'd been working for the TVA for eons. So I guess if he doesn't seem like the same person, there is plenty of time for him to develop into that person.
0: Yeah, a week of TVA time.
1: <laughs> Fuck off with your (laughs) TVA time. Stop trying to justify lazy writing. We showed him a video in episode one. Marvel don't do
0: anything by accident.
1: We showed Loki a video in episode one, and that was enough to just make him a hero. I mean... No. I think... No. It
0: it would, to me. If someone showed me that being this villain led to you dying in the most gruesome
1: way. It takes more than that to, like, fundamentally change the person that you are. Maybe I'm just a good person. And modest, too. (laughs) So this episode ends with a tease of a big secret to be revealed.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can tell you, but it's going to make you really angry. Yeah.
1: So it's a secret. Sorry, let
0: me try it. I can tell you, but it's going to make you real angry.
1: It's a secret that he who remains <laughs> that had. weren't bad. Come on, admit yeah, no, it. that no, but it wasn't bad. bad. It wasn't bad. It's a secret that he remains has, and it is about Renslayer. Would you care to make a prediction?
0: In a past life, she went on a murderous spree and killed loads of
1: wrens. Okay, I don't see why that would be she... a big Kang secret though. He wiped her mind because she was a... she really liked birds. Do you not? I know uh... my
0: theory is. You've just sold me your theory. No, I was taking the piss. Go she didn't go on a murderous bird spree.
1: I, think,
0: <laughs> I think Renslayer's Miss Minutes.
1: Well, that was my wife's prediction as well. She said maybe uh, Miss Minutes is based on Renslayer. Like, it's her it's her brain pattern, basically.
0: No, I reckon Kang killed Renslayer
1: to make Miss Minutes. Okay. Which
0: is why it would make her angry.
1: I think Renslayer might be a variant of Kang.
0: Or Kang and Miss Minutes' daughter. (laughs) (laughs) How would that even work? She finally got a body.
1: She's half cartooned. What? (laughs) That's why I always know what time it is. (laughs) Oh my God, it's 5.02. It
0: makes so much sense now.
1: I really need to start making notes through episodes of Loki because I'm sure that I did have more to say about it.
0: I don't think there is much to say about this because it all does go very quickly. Like, there isn't...
1: I mean, it's a decent-sized episode, but they're, they're longer than Secret Invasion episodes.
0: No, but I mean, like some of the episodes of Secret Invasion, there's the scenes that are there. There's not actually that many scenes. They're quite long scenes.
1: Yeah. I just like... This is something that I say every episode I know, but I really enjoy the interaction between Loki and Mobius. It is always great, I think. With the crackerjacks. Uh, yeah, that gonna say. I Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Cracker Jacks are great. That's my Crack favourite. Cracker are really nice. My favourite dialogue of this entire episode was just... I them, understand
0: why Mobius really, like, really wanted to get some Cracker Jacks.
1: <laughs> my favourite interaction of this episode is just them, like, bickering um, and, and Mobius... Scene, but he goes for the more cerebral approach, and it it feels like it feels like a, a kind of sibling relationship. It feels like they've always known each other.
0: I'll tell you a line that actually made me laugh out loud. that I actually let out a chuckle. Was when obviously they're looking at those Norse statues, and the last thing Logan said is oh, it's "Not that tall." Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that.
1: I did like on the boat. This is when I knew that Miss Minutes was going to be a problem. I like on the boat when uh, Victor, Timely, and Renslayer are like bonding and chatting and looking at that TVA manual together. And in the background, like she wasn't in focus, but you could see in the background Miss Minutes just scowling.
0: I was just going to say, I love the work that they—they they don't just put her there. Her facial expressions are constantly changing. Yeah. And you can read them very well. Like, after that scowling bit, she walks next to, to Timely and just kind of sits there wiggling her legs with a weird look on her face, like she's yeah. hatched a plan. Yeah. As soon as Renslayer says partner, Miss Minutes knows exactly what she's going to do. Yeah. But And you can read all that from her face. She didn't have to say anything, although I wish she had cussed that beautiful southern accent.
1: <laughs> you still got a thing for her, even though she's a crazy bitch? That's what I normally go for anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you a line I quite liked when uh, Victor Timely gets back to his lab and he tells Miss Minutes to have a seat or a float.
0: But <laughs> like, does she actually... Can she sit on objects? Or does she just place herself perfectly to look like
1: she is? Yeah, I think that's it, because I don't think she can actually interact with physical objects. But like when she, she's like holding on to the side of the mannequin, I think she's just floating next to it and looking like she's touching it, but she's not actually holding on to it, is the impression I get, because she doesn't need to. She just floats in the air. But yeah, she sometimes looks like she's stood on things, and I think it's just like how she places herself.
0: One thing I do for, I do like is the TVA guys fangirling over Obi.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, Obi is going to be evil. More, I, I don't know if he's going to be evil. I think he's he's part of Kang's plan. I think he is more closely related to Kang than it is letting on. Like it's still. The the Just the thing that I keep thinking about is why did he not have his memory wiped when everyone else did? I reckon it's part
0: of Kang's um, plan, but all he really wants is a friend. And because Loki and they're all hanging out with him, which no one's ever done, he's like, do you know what, Kang? Fuck your plan. Do
1: you think he's actually working with Kang? I feel like he's part of Kang's plan. I don't feel like he knows that he is. He had to write the
0: manual, didn't he? And the only person that could have kind of asked him to do that is
1: yeah. Kang he wrote or Renslayer. The, he wrote the manual, the manual that is key in creating He Who Remains, if our theory is right, that this is the same Kang. Why is Miss Minutes not in that? What, in the manual? That kind of, she was like, am I in
0: there? And he's like, no, not yet, but I'm sure you will be.
1: Because was that the manual that he was looking at, or was that because he, he'd got, like, a sketchbook as well? It was, a t- it was the TVA
0: guide.
1: No, because he was making sketches in it.
0: Yeah. But on the cover, it's a TVA guide.
1: I just wondered if it was two
0: different books. Maybe he gives that ob to write up, because surely the TVA guide is just uh, how to use everything, like what everything is, well, what uh, what, yeah. the lo- what the loom is, how to use the jabby jabby bye bye sticks
1: and what like basically what protocol is as well yeah I don't know but someone had to make that still have a lot of questions about this
0: that's what I mean like third episode in and it's just do you think they're just giving us questions and questions and questions just to go like they'll give us more questions the fourth and fifth episode and then the sixth episode will just mentally drain us that much that they, because they've answered everything in that last episode, and with that mentally drained, that we just there like I can't do this. anymore. I, I don't,
1: I don't know if they will because series one there were questions that I had that I thought would be answered by the end, and they never really were. Like about how uh, how variants come about and what a variant is. Is every other timeline full of variants? So it showed you in the previously on for this episode, and I'd forgot about this. But when we were talking about, like, why are some variants, like, why is Sylvie not pruned, like, as soon as she's born? Why is that entire timeline not pruned? But in the previously on, Sylvie says to Renslayer, what was my uh, event? I can't remember the, the wording of it, but, like, when did I diverge, basically? And she says, I can't remember. But surely that was just when she was born female. That's that's the point right there, or even like when she's conceived. So if that's not the point, then well, no,
0: not necessarily. Maybe then
1: how then then there's more than one timeline on the sacred timeline. Then well, it's a weave, but that's like it's I it's just a lot don't,
0: of strands mixed together. I don't well, feel
1: like it has ever been adequately explained.
0: Well, maybe that's why they have put that in so we do find that out.
1: Hopefully, I really or... hope so.
0: If it's in a vet for the sacred timeline, Loki has to do something. Why would it matter if it's a, a male or female version? They just keep the because versions can,
1: there. Because until... there can only be one Loki on the timeline, surely. Yeah,
0: but they just need to wait for the moment where they do the right the thing they need to do on the sacred timeline. Because obviously it's all a plan, isn't it? It's all Pang's plan to have this timeline in a certain way. What if a Loki doesn't matter which Loki does it, but they need to do something, and then they prune everyone that's not there. And as soon as they do something that would deviate from ever getting to that, like that Loki, our Loki was pruned because he wasn't meant to go through that portal. He was meant to get taken and do the whole Avengers, yeah, Infinity Stone saga. That so, was all meant to happen for something to happen.
1: I'm just thinking of the diagram of the timelines that they have in the TVA, and it is one line with branches then coming off it. So presumably, the timeline that Sylvie was born on is one of the branches coming off the timeline, off the sacred timeline. Yeah, and the weave, so as soon part, as that... the weave part of it's further on to the right of that. But as soon as that branch appears, surely that's when it needs to be pruned.
0: Well, not necessarily, because of do you remember in the Infinity War when the whole Sorcerer Supreme were doing the whole timeline thing and drawing loops around? That branch, theoretically, from a, a multiverse point of view, could join up with the original. Everything could fall into place in the exact same way, but it does just go original again, theoretically. I don't know what you're talking about now. <laughs> Right, that branch so, could branch off and rejoin the sacred timeline. It theoretically, can't, it
1: can't. It can't because theoretically, dif- it could. No, they're, because they're different. Just the fact that Loki has been born female means that the timelines are different, and they can't ever join back up again.
0: I mean, if what a male a Loki joined, if a male jo- Loki joined that universe and kicked Sylvia out, it could. Like <laughs> theoretically, it is possible.
1: I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. But also, like they weren't, they weren't waiting for to see if timelines would join back up again. They were just pruning them. Like as soon as Loki, after Avengers, he goes through that portal, picks up a Tesseract, goes through that portal, the TVA show up like within seconds. This is what I mean. But, but when I say it has not been adequately explained, and now we're halfway through series two, and it has still not been adequately explained. So I wouldn't get your hopes up too much about having all the answers to the questions, because it's quite possible that the writers of the show don't even know themselves about it as much as we have.
0: <laughs> surely they would, when it's their job. I mean, this you is would, kind of our job, so. but
1: you would hope so, you would think so, but if we thought about it, know. surely they have. I don't know. We, I thought that with Secret Invasion as well, but Well, can we
0: not? You give me <laughs>
1: PTSD. Right. When so uh when Victor takes Miss Minutes back to his lab he seems to be there to pick one item up. He, he says it's his life's work or is it the culmination of his life's work he says. But what do we think that is?
0: I don't know. I kind of assumed that it
1: was the loom. I just it assumed look that like the loom. It doesn't look like the loom. It just looks like a series of no, bolts in a ball. Well, it looks like a
0: gyroscope inside it, possibly, unless it's the the thing that fixes the loom.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he didn't know at that point that the loom was going to need fixing. But maybe there's a diagram.
0: No, it is. It does. It does show us what it is. It's the throughput multiplier. It's the thing that Ob has. They show us in the book, and it looks like what he picks up. Okay. Because he t- he, t- he tells Renslayer that the throughput multiplier might be able to help the temple loot, and he describes it as his greatest discovery.
1: Okay. So it's a prototype of that device that OB has, I assume. I like Kang's little speech that he has when Sylvie's threatening him, when he's saying, like, I am not the person you think I am. I am not the person you are being told that I am. I'm not a threat. And I think he believes that himself. I feel like we're going to be shown that that's probably wrong because they're trying to build Kang up to be the next big bad. They've got to show him to be a threat. But I, I think he, when he's saying that, he's not just trying to save his own skin. I think he believes that. I feel like the best thing to do to save all the timelines, to save the multiverse, is just find a way of preventing any of the Kangs from ever discovering multiversal travel. Like, find a way to block, how however Kang discovers it, find a way to block that method of traveling between the timelines, and he'll never have the big interdimensional war with himself. And he'll probably never end up being a threat. I think he only becomes a threat because of that.
0: Well, which they've just given him. The ability to find how
1: to travel between the multiverses. Yeah.
0: So basically, do nothing and it should work out. Stop stop intervening.
1: Yeah. It is an interesting theory that, you know, that the TVA, Kang creates for TVA and the TVA is in turn going to create Kang's... A robber-us. Exactly. A robber-us. Made that joke last week. <laughs> no. Um And I think that's pretty much it. I think we've we've... Because then, yeah. After that scene, it's it's Renslayer and Miss Minutes at the end of time with uh, a mummified kang. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the episode. That is the episode. So, but now we're halfway through the series. Where do you think it compares to Loki series one so far?
0: With Loki series one the only episode that I can actively remember that kind of stands out, obviously I remember the first bit of it being shown the video, but it's the the episode on the planet where with the train. Yeah. That is probably the best episode of that season for me.
1: As, yeah, I apart,
0: fr- apart from the monologues, um, from Kang, Kang's monologues are great and I do appreciate them. I love a good monologue.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I really like good
0: dialogue. So it's it's hard to say, because it's so fresh
1: yeah. compared yeah, to the first. Okay. Do you know are, what I mean? We are only halfway through. Do you think this series, by the time it's over, do you think it will have surpassed Series 1? Do you think it will be a better season of TV?
0: If they answer the questions we're asking,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it could. I, I, I do feel like it could be building up to something really epic at the end.
0: I have higher hopes for the rest of the the season than where we were halfway through Secret Invasion.
1: <laughs> I think when we were halfway through Secret Invasion, we were just starting to think this this actually this isn't going to get any better. We should stop talking about Secret Invasion all the time.
0: What's the first rule of Secret Invasion? Don't talk about Secret Invasion. Anyway, yes, that is the
1: episode. What if the secret is that Rensley is a scroll? For fuck's sake. <laughs>
0: I feel like there's so many things that that secret could be that would blow our mind, and if their current track record is anything, it'll just be that her name's not Renslayer.
1: I I really think she is going to be a Kang. The only one. The only one. Do
0: you know what? It would make so much sense because of the whole video, uh, the audio clip of the one, the one who he who remains saying that we need to do this together. Yeah, It would make so much sense if they were all part of the multiversal war and she's the only one that he allowed to stay.
1: It would also be good for them to start introducing some Kangs that don't look the same. Because so far, all the Kangs we've seen... Just in preparation. Are Well, <laughs> not just that, but it's like, why why are, you know, some Lokis are Tom Hiddleston, some Lokis are...
0: Female, um, the son
1: of Crocodile, and... an alligator... Some like, uh, and then you know, the same with Spider Man, but we've seen three different Spider Man variants and they all look different. Why are all the kangs? Why do they all look the same?
0: Crocodile sounds better than Alaloke. Loki Gator. Loki Gator. Yeah, it was lo- definitely lo- a, a, an alligator, lo- le- not a crocodile. No, le- no Loki
1: Dial. But it wasn't a crocodile.
0: No, but it should be because Loki Dial sounds better.
1: Loki sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does.
0: Go, Loki Dial.
1: So we will be back in about two weeks' time to discuss two episodes of Loki. Ben, would you like to take us out of this episode? Thank you
0: for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can email notnpod at gmail.com or message on socials. We are at news of the nerd. Obviously, the best thing you can do for us is subscribe, rate us on your podcast app of choice, especially iTunes, that really does help. And of course, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your uncles, tell your sisters, tell your third cousins, tell your stepsisters, tell your Henry Cavill's mums. And tell our mums. Our mums would love to hear it. (laughs) Someone did tell our mum that they watched this podcast and she was quite proud. So the first time in her life, she's been proud of me. But apart from that, that is goodbye from me.
1: Oh God! Like, yeah. Bye. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, at at, at the end there, that turned into like a counselling session.
0: Disagree with your whole opinion.
1: Uh, Tell me why.
0: I tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. (laughs) Now number five. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why. (laughs) And oh, sorry. I thought we were still doing the thing.
1: Ben, would you like to take us out of this episode? I'm so I'm
0: glad you said out of this episode and not you take us out. No, you're my
1: brother. I uh. said, don't you know? And you said, you don't know. And I said, take me out. This is like the musical episode of News of the Nerd. Should just finish that. So
0: there's <laughs> no outro, just to fade you out there.